Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Today we are going to talk about the World Health Organization and why exactly Trump was correct in halting funding to the WHO. They are a corrupt organization and I am going to walk you through exactly why. Now we could spend several episodes just on this topic and the topic of the United Nations alone, but we only have about 30 to 40 minutes to tackle what we can tackle today, but I hope that it gives you a good, a sufficient overview of the corruption that's happening in the World Health Organization and why it is totally legitimate for Trump to take a step back and say, okay, maybe we shouldn't be spending all of this money on this organization who quite frankly isn't worth as much as we give them. Okay, so this week, like I said, Trump announced that he is halting the funding. The reaction from the left has been very predictable, halting funding to the world health organization and a pandemic. I mean, health is in the name. Like, isn't this stupid? Don't we want to be healthy? Like healthcare, world health organization? Shouldn't we continue funding this, especially when people are getting sick and dying? So yes, if you are not thinking about this at all, if you haven't put any thought to this whatsoever, you are just reading headlines and you don't know any context, you don't know anything about the organization, you have no idea what's been going on, you might say, wow, Trump really just wants everyone to die. That's just his motivation behind all of this. So to all of your friends, I know you have a lot of friends who probably think this, you've maybe got coworkers, people in your family who think that Trump pulling funding or halting funding to the World Health Organization right now is so stupid and shows just how little he cares about the American people. You can please send them this episode, or at least I will give you the talking points for you to use when you are in a discussion with them. Things are not as they seem, as usual. The truth differs from the headlines, and if people would just take a little bit of time to ask questions, to do a tiny bit of research, they would see that the big concern here is not that Trump halted funding to the World Health Organization, but that we were ever funding them in the first place, and that the organization has as much power as they do. So let's do some very simple digging. The digging that I did on the World Health Organization, there's so much more. There's so much more to be covered. There are people who have been studying this for years who know so much more than I do. I did very simple digging, which is to say that all of the stuff that I found and all, and I'll tell you my sources as we go, you could find very easily, like a very quick Google search. I didn't do any kind of like extra crazy research into the recesses of the internet, very easy searches to find the World Health Organization is indeed a corrupt organization that is doing more harm than good right now. So the World Health Organization is part of the United Nations. It was founded in 1948. Here's what Wikipedia has to say. The WHO Constitution, which establishes the agency's governing structure and principles, states its main objective as ensuring the attainment by all peoples of the highest possible level of health. It is headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland, with six semi-autonomous regional office offices and 150 field offices worldwide. According to its website, the WHO's mandate includes advocating for universal health care, monitoring public health risks, coordinating responses to health emergencies, and promoting human health and well-being. It provides technical assistance to, to countries, sets international health standards and guidelines, and collects data on global health issues through the World Health Survey. So, 
according to the World Health Organization, that is who they are, that is what they do. Sounds good, right? Right, it does sound good. Uh, WHO is a part of the United Nations. What is the United Nations? Well, that's a great question and gives us a really good indication of who the WHO is as well. So the United Nations, their website says, it's an international organization founded in 1945. It's currently made up of 193 member states. The mission and work of the United Nations are guided by the purposes and principles contained in its founding charter. They say they exist to uh, maintain international peace and security, to protect human rights, deliver humanitarian aid, promote sustainable development, and uphold international law. So that's why the United Nations exists, or why it says it exists. And that is what the United Nations, uh, that's what the United Nations has always said that they are created to do. Originally, membership was limited to the countries that were against the objectives and crimes of the Axis powers in World War II. Now the United Nations includes dictatorships that are responsible for some of the worst crimes against humanity in history. So there has been a little bit of a shift over time. 193 member states, like I said, that includes, is not limited to, but includes Afghanistan, China, the Congo, North Korea, Iran, Iraq, Qatar, Turkey, Venezuela, Yemen, Zimbabwe, countries that have been ravaged by war are led by brutal dictators who have starved and killed their own people. It isn't possible anymore for the UN to be united uh, under any kind of shared objective or value system because the United States of America, for example, doesn't have any shared values with North Korea, for example. Like, do you think the government of Yemen or Iraq or Afghanistan is interested in the UN objectives to ensure international security or uphold human rights? No, they're not. They're not interested in that. And the UN has not only done virtually nothing to put an end to this kind of violence and corruption that we see in several of these countries, they have also set the ambassadors from these countries on councils. So the Security Council that is supposed to ensure international security includes member states like China and Russia. So this is the same China that, among other things, recently hacked Equifax a few years ago, acquiring personal information of over uh, almost 150 million Americans, the same Russia that invaded Crimea just a few years ago, very trustworthy protectors of security, China and Russia. The Council on Human Rights, this part of the UN, is also quite impressive from 2017 to 2019. Here were a few of the members on this council, the Council on Human Rights, Egypt, Rwanda, Iraq, Cuba, China. From 2020 to 2022, a few of the members are Libya, Sudan, Venezuela. So let's look at some of the past, the recent members and the future current members of the Council on Human Rights, uh, a part of the United Nations. According to Amnesty International in Egypt, there is rampant public and state violence from their website, Amnesty International website. Sexual assault in public, particularly in the context of demonstrations around Cairo's Tahir, uh, Tahir Square, have soared in recent years. Sexual assaults and rapes have been carried out repeatedly in which women have been groped, stripped naked, and dragged through the streets or beaten with sticks, knives, and belts by violent mobs. The authorities have not shown due diligence to prevent the attacks 
or to protect women from violence. According to Human Rights Watch, Egypt doesn't hold free or fair elections, but instead uses intimidation and violence to take power, jailing dissidents, including activists, including bloggers and journalists who don't fall in line. In Rwanda, Human Rights Watch says after years of threats, intimidation, mysterious deaths and high profile politically motivated trials, few opposition parties remain active or make public comments on government policies. That is just one of the many problems of corruption in Rwanda, of course. Human Rights Watch says of China, again, these are all countries who have either recently been on the Council on Human Rights as a part of the UN or are about to be. Human Rights Watch says on China, authorities have carried out mass arbitrary detention, torture, and mistreatment of some of them in various detention facilities and increasingly imposed pervasive controls on daily life. Authorities stepped up their persecution of religious communities, including prohibitions on Islam in Xinjiang, suppression of Christians in Henan province, and increasing scrutiny of why Muslims in Nijinga. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know how to pronounce these things. Authorities increasingly deploy mass surveillance systems to tighten control over society. In 2018, the government continued to collect on a mass scale biometrics, including DNA and voice samples. Use such biometrics for automated surveillance purposes, develop a nationwide reward and punishment system known as the social credit system, and develop and apply big data policing programs aimed at preventing dissent. So that's China who is sitting on the Council on Human Rights in the UN. On Cuba, the uh, Human Rights Watch says, the Cuban government continues to employ arbitrary detention to harass and intimidate critics, independent activists, political opponents, and others. Or how about Libya? where the death penalty is enacted for violations of speech, very exciting, or in Sudan, where you can also be put to death for disagreeing with the government, that's good, or Venezuela, where people are dying from starvation every day due due to the corruption of the socialist government there, and people are also jailed for disagreeing with the regime. These are the countries on the Human Rights Council for the UN. The UN also has an international court, which settles disputes between states and gives advisory opinions on international legal issues. Uh, That has also been criticized. The international court has also been criticized for its procedures and its judgments. Uh, The current president of the court is the UN ambassador from Somalia, and the vice president is of China. Somalia, where children are prosecuted. Children are prosecuted and detained for allegedly being a part of opposition. And we already know, of course, about China. Uh, We could do a whole series, like I said, on the corruption and the ineffectiveness of the UN. Nikki Haley, who used to be our ambassador to the UN, has spoken and written a lot about this, a lot about this subject. She served uh, as a very fierce representative of the United States and of our allies when she held that position. But we don't have time to get into all of that. The point is the World Health Organization is a part of the UN, which is very obviously a joke. The UN is corrupt. Not everyone at the UN, not everything that the UN does is bad. There are things I'm sure that the UN does that, it, that are you know effective and good, but the UN is largely laughable. They are moral relativists in the face of genocide and crimes against humanity. They are a left-wing, anti-capitalist, anti-Israel group. That also applies to the World Health Organization. 
The World Health Organization is a left-wing operation pushing left-wing values like abortion, for example. It uh, has this to say about abortion on their site. Every woman has the recognized human right to decide freely and responsibly without coercion and violence, the number, spacing, and timing of their children, and to have the information and means to do so, and the right to attain the highest standard of sexual and reproductive health. You know what's violent and coercive? Abortion. Uh, WHO works to ensure as many women as possible throughout the world have the ability to legally kill their children. Last year, the WHO updated the International Classification of Diseases to change gender identity identity disorder to gender incongruence because, according to the WHO, it is, quote, not actually a mental health condition. But of course, it's a mental health condition that is common sense. It doesn't matter what you think about gender identity disorder, whether you are okay with people identifying as different gender or not, uh, it is psychological dysphoria. If it weren't transgender, people wouldn't be going through therapies and surgery to the detriment of their own health in an effort to reconcile their minds with their bodies. The WHO is pro-socialized healthcare, pro-leftism, anti-free markets, and apparently also anti-science. They are a leftist political organization that, again, maybe does some good in the world. I'm sure they do and I'm sure they have, but just like the UN, they are made up of a bunch of moral relativists who are looking to push a leftist agenda uh, more than they are actually interested in seeing any sort of real progress. And who is the head of the WHO, the Director General, a man by the name of Tedros Adhanom. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Everyone uh, refers to him as Dr. Tedros. Now, by doctor, they don't actually mean physician. He is actually the first Director General of the WHO who is not a physician. He has a PhD, but he's not actually a doctor. He's a microbiologist. He is from Ethiopia. He is the first non-physician, like I said, to serve in that role. He served as the Minister of Health in Ethiopia, where he was caught by the UN of covering up cholera outbreaks there. Instead, uh, he classified the outbreaks as nothing more than acute diarrhea. But the UN said at the time, if he had reported this as cholera, which is what it was, they would have been able to provide more help and the proper treatments. But he lied about that. He covered it up. He was a member of the Tigray People's Liberation Front in Ethiopia, a radical ethno-nationalist. It's actually ethno-regionalist, communist, political group that at one point was included on a global list of terrorist groups, but apparently is no longer included on that list. So I guess that's somewhat comforting. In 2017, as WHO Director General, Dr. Tedros selected the president of Zimbabwe, Robert Mugabe, as the World Health Organization Goodwill Ambassador. Now, you probably, you may know the name Robert Mugabe. He's kind of infamous. He was also an ethno-nationalist communist, so that's exciting. He was a dictator known for killing dissidents, for violence, for totalitarianism, for corruption, for mismanagement, and specifically for funding and directing a murderous uprising against white farmers. It's reported that Mugabe just the seizures of the land by the fact that this land he had said by had been seized by white settlers from the indigenous African population in the 1890s. So he kind of saw it as payback, I guess. The BBC reported that the Zimbabwe healthcare system deteriorated so much that it was in shambles under Mugabe's leadership. Mugabe and other government officials refused to even use Zimbabwe's healthcare. 
but would instead travel to Singapore to receive their health care. That is who the current, the current head of the WHO chose as the goodwill ambassador to help tackle non-communicable diseases for Africa. He went back on his decision after outrage ensued and Robert Mugabe, he's dead now, he died at the age of 95. And how has the WHO under this particular leader handled the coronavirus? Well, let's see. On January 5th, according to NPR, the WHO reported a pneumonia of unknown cause in Wuhan, China. The health organization advised uh, the health organization advised against restrictions to China. Uh, WHO advises against the application of any travel or trade restrictions on China based on the current information available on this event. On January 14th, WHO released a statement saying preliminary investigations by the Chinese authorities have found no evidence of human-to-human -human transmission. This was, of course, propaganda. We know that. China knew it then. The WHO probably knew it. U.S. intelligence now has reason to believe that people had been uh, infected and had been dying for weeks, if not months at this point. The, H the WHO was likely privy to that information on January 31st, according to Reuters. Borders should be kept open and people and trade flowing in the face of the coronavirus outbreak. Although countries have a sovereign right to take measures to try to protect their citizens, the World Health Organization said on Friday, if travel restrictions would be imposed, we hope they're as short-lived as possible to try to continue the normal flow of life, WHO spokesperson Christian Lindmere said. On February 4th, the WHO said don't stop trading or travel. Why? Why? Did they try to dial this back and pretend like it wasn't as big of a deal as they probably knew it was, as they definitely knew it was? Because the WHO is in bed with China, specifically Dr. Tedros is in bed with China and they have to cover for them. According to Fox News' Barnini Chakraborty, for more than a decade, Ethiopia's economy, remember Tedros is from Ethiopia, Ethiopia's economy has been largely dependent on China. Beijing has shelled out hundreds of millions of dollars for mega projects, including a new $160 million national sports stadium in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia's largest city and capital. China has also become Ethiopia's largest trading partner. The Export-Import Bank of China put up to $2.9 billion of the $3.4 billion railway project connecting the landlocked Ethiopia to the port-heavy country of Djibouti. China's money was also instrumental in building Ethiopia's first six-lane highway. Beijing can and has taken credit for helping reshape Addis Ababa's entire skyline with high-rises and skyscrapers. But lately, China hasn't been happy with its investments in Ethiopia after projects like the railway line failed to generate the kind of cash developers had hoped. If China pulls out of Ethiopia, the African country's economy could crumble, something Tedros is desperate to avoid. It's also because this is just personal alley opinion because Tedros is a communist and so is Xi Jinping. Tedros is a dictator and so is Xi. So they're comrades like that. But it's also bigger than that. The WHO knows that China has power even though they pay a fraction of what the United States does. They are a rising left-wing dictatorial world power that the WHO does not want to upset. They want to be on their side. And who knows what other corruption is going on in that relationship. So. Tedros has to cover the tracks for China's failures, failures that, as we are learning more and more, are more grave than we originally thought. It's looking like the virus actually came from a lab in Wuhan, China, a lab accident, rather than from a wet market.
the WHO tried as long as they could to make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. Like China's got it under control. Uh, it all became too much for Tedros. It became too much. The World Health Organization couldn't cover the tracks anymore. And now they're in trouble because people see that this relationship is a problem. According to Fox News, Taiwanese officials have released an email sent to the World Health Organization back in December warning them and asking them to look into more the human-to-human -human transmission of coronavirus that the WHO ignored. They didn't respond to that email. Uh, why did the WHO ignore Taiwan? More corruption. Because Taiwan is not a member of the WHO, because China refuses to recognize Taiwan as an independent state, even though they are, and because the WHO bows down to China, they refuse to recognize or legitimize or communicate with Taiwan. So it's a, a political reason. Here's an article from Wilford Chan, Wilford Chan in The Nation. The Nation is a left-wing commentary site, and this article is titled, The WHO Ignores Taiwan, The World Pays the Price. Let me clarify, they're a left-wing site, but even they are saying this, and I agree with this article, and I think it's really helpful. So WHO ignores Taiwan. The article says this, despite early warnings from Taiwanese officials, the organization kept the island cut off from its global information networks. Now, it may be the rest of the world that's paying the price. For nearly half a century, the People's Republic of China has effectively blocked Taiwan from joining the WHO. Despite never having exercised authority over the island, the Chinese Communist Party officially considers Taiwan part of its territory and forces international organizations, including the United Nations and its agencies like the WHO, to affirm its view. On December 31st, the same day that Wuhan health officials announced the discovery of a viral pneumonia with no clear evidence of human-to-human -human transmission, Taiwan wrote to the WHO to request more information about the disease's potential pass between humans. They say the WHO acknowledged receipt of the letter, but did not otherwise respond or share it with, share it with other WHO member states. There was a Hong Kong journalist who asked uh, Bruce Aylward, he is an official in the WHO, why Taiwan won't be granted membership. And here's how that conversation went. Would the WHO consider Taiwan's membership? Hello? With the, with the Sorry, I can't hear. You. I couldn't hear your question. Okay, yeah. Let me let, let me let me repeat the question. No, so. that's okay. Let, let's move to another one then. Right, because because I'm I'm actually curious on talking about Taiwan as well on Taiwan's case. So if you're not watching, he pretended like he didn't hear the question, asked her to repeat the question. But when she tried to repeat the question, he said, no, let's move on to the next question. So did you hear the question or did you not hear the question? And then he just hung up. So that's not sketchy at all. Uh, but Taiwan has actually fared very well without the WHO. So by the time, this is back to that nation, the, uh, that article in The Nation, by the time Taiwan confirmed its first case of COVID-19 on January, January 21st, the country was arguably more prepared than any other place in the world. It mobilized its Central Epidemic Command Center, a rapid response agency formed in the wake of the 2003 SARS outbreak, to implement quarantines and conduct drills at hospitals. Citizens were asked to stay calm and assured that they would all be able to buy surgical masks as production of the masks was ramped up into millions per day. 
soon after Taiwanese masks were temporarily banned from export outside of the country. When the Taiwanese CDC Deputy, uh, Deputy Director General uh, Chuang Jin Sang uh, gave his own press conference in gave his own press conference, a local reporter asked him whether Taiwan was coordinating with the WHO. He said this, we're not like other countries. We aren't invited to the meeting. There's no way for us to get first-hand information. There have only been a handful of deaths in Taiwan, by the way. Meanwhile, China is reportedly evicting Africans. We talked about this on the last episode, evicting Africans from their apartments and refusing to let them into restaurants for fear that they might have coronavirus, according to the New York Times. Is that enough to make Dr. Tedros, the head of the WHO, who is an African, question his alliance? No. According to Bloomberg News, Tedros claims that Taiwan is behind the anti-African racism in China. Uh, Taiwan, of course, denies the accusations because it doesn't make any sense. And in fact, if you look into how uh, Taiwan, Taiwanese health officials and healthcare workers have actually helped Ethiopia over the years, you will see that the accusation by Tedros doesn't make any sense and really has no founding, most likely, from the evidence that we see right now. I mean, definitely, there's, there's, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever for Taiwan to be behind the racism that is being uh, exercised against Africans in mainland China. It just doesn't make any sense at all. And yet, Tedros, because he is in bed with China, he has to make these kinds of claims. And it's funny because Tedros is also coming out against Donald Trump and saying, please don't politicize this. We shouldn't be politicizing this. This isn't a political thing. Well, the reason why Taiwan isn't included in the WHO is for a political reason. So WHO, a corrupt organization. From 2018 to 2019, we gave $893 billion to uh, sorry, million dollars to the WHO. Who comes in second? Is it China? Is it the UK? No, it is Bill and Melinda, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation at $531 million. China is actually towards the bottom at only about $80 million. Speaking of Bill Gates, he tweeted this, halting funding for the World Health Organization during a world health crisis is as dangerous as it sounds. Their work is slowing the spread of COVID-19, and if that work is stopped, no other organization can replace them. The world needs WHO now more than ever. Well, Taiwan apparently fared pretty well. I think the United States would fare pretty well too. And actually, the world may have been better off in a lot of cases and in a lot of ways if WHO wasn't around or if they had just done their jobs and done what they were supposed to do in the first place rather than running pop propaganda for China. So it is a good thing that President Trump has halted funding to the WHO. We should also halt funding to the UN. These are worthless, corrupt, left-wing organizations that do more harm than good. And there's actually bipartisan consensus that these organizations are corrupt and don't need as much help as they're given. I mean, America is subsidizing these organizations for the rest of the world, and they don't need to be. So good on President Trump. This is one of the best decisions he has made in his entire presidency for all the stupid people saying that this is a bad decision. They don't know. They don't know. You can direct them to this podcast. Okay, we will be back here on Monday with some bad theology.